Hey everybody, Michael Swaim here, and I'm doing it. I'm calling you to action. I am sincerely asking that if you're able, you'll check us out over at patreon.com smallbeans, where if you upgrade to being a $5 a month or more patron, you get access to twice as many pods like Star Trek The Next Futurama, Spielboys, Director Peace Theater, and One-Upsmanship, and even more great stuff. So hey, come on in. The water's beans. Patreon.com smallbeans. Jeff, 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 Jeff presents a Jeff show, a Jeff joint by Jeff. See, I told you I had an intro. I had a real good intro all queued up and you Dude, were worried. I was worried and I should <laughs> not have been. That's right. That's Abe Epperson. I'm Michael Swaim. This is Frame Rate, the show where we rate frames. Hey, that rhymes with Michael Swaim. And uh, the reason I started with a whole scat of Jeff's is uh that's our that's our patreon producer jeff thank you thank you who supported us at the pick the flick level and brought us today's episode today's episode where we're covering bowling for columbine and mm-hmm. we thought who better to do that than someone you just immediately think of when you think columbine katie stole Welcome. oh <laughs> hello what an intro i would also like to thank jeff 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 everybody jeff 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 jeff, 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 jeff. be like jeff everybody be yeah that's like true jeff an executive produced this episode on bowling for columbine mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. get us to watch almost any movie that way we watched the happy poet so you can too so don't make us watch that low. though not that don't, again god not well, that I mean, we have the right of refusal if it's like, you know, the, the yeah. movie you made when you're That's in right. high school. That's right. <laughs> but no, you know, you all know Katie stole probably from uh, some more news, even more news. Best year ever. Worst year ever. Worst I always ever. forget because you guys are also ironic. And I'm like, it could be. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. You know, you could say it ironically or not. But um, I would say that your audience probably knows me more for cracked. That's true. I know and love you from life and your dog, Vanny, oh, and all yeah. kinds of stuff. Oh, um, so let's dive in. We usually start by asking the guests like why they picked the movie, but of course this time you didn't. Mm-mm. So I'll just ask, what's your history with the film, Katie? Had you seen this before? I How many seen, times? I've only seen it once before. It's a one-time type movie. It's a one-time movie time to, type Man, movie. if you said eight, nine times, uh-uh. that would have been yeah, hilarious. I watch and it every I want to say that I saw it in high school Came out two thousand two. Yeah, theaters. That's about right. Theaters. I. That's I, theater release in I May of two thousand two. Say that I saw it then, um, if mm-hmm. not then in first year of college or something like that. Um, yeah, just the one time. <laughs> Haven't watched since then, right? Yeah, same here. Same. I watched Ditto. Okay, all three of us. All three of us. So we're all going in with basically the same situation, which is, I know I agree politically with the thrust Mm -hmm. of this, 
when I was a kid, it totally, or at least I'm not, don't want to speak for all of you, but when I was a kid, it suckered me in or it suckered. I don't know. This is what I want to get into, but Did I you mean, get all riled up. You get I angry? got all riled up. I agreed with all the points. I cried about the tragedy mm-hmm. of humanity. I agree. You know, I got angry about what needed to happen. Um, and I was wondering last night watching it, am I going to feel the same or is it cause I'll like, I just want to get right at it. Michael yeah. Moore is also largely considered even by progressive liberals, like a hack at this point. Right. Is that fair to say? Or hacky? Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, I think not that a serious it's, person. It's not. No, well, I would say that people consider him are frustrated with him. Sometimes would consider him a bit of a propagandist or yep. somebody that um, will conveniently present information to suit the narrative might be selective about what facts they use. And um, that's, that's I guess, what I think a lot of people think about him. That's not to say that I don't agree with a lot of things that he's talking about. Right. I also, uh, I don't know. Some people seem to forget this, but I sure don't. He was the only one that was saying pre-2016 that Donald Trump would win. And one of the few and one of the few. I mean, Fahrenheit 9-11 really does a good case for what how 9-11 was not an inside job, but they capitalized on it immediately to be like, let's intentionally lie about what it's about to do this other unrelated thing that we wanted to do anyway. And that is a very powerful truth that people need to be exposed to. And I think the same holds true for Bowling for Columbine, which in a nutshell, I think that this is my thing is I actually think is an act of documentary. It kind of meanders sometimes where I'm like, Mm -hmm. what's your point with that segment? But, um, but his, the general thrust is that, if you control for all other factors, why we have so many gun deaths in this country is just the ease of sheer access to guns, is his argument. Like, it's not that we're especially more violent or less violent or independent or not independent or blood on our hands or whatever. It's just we do, we need gun control, period. You're always yeah. going to have shootings until because <clears throat> it's just too easy Boy, to I get them. So many thoughts. Yeah. Uh, and our please, meeting machine. That's why you're here. Our media machine oh, is, is one selling that them scares. Fear. Fear. Yeah, That's yeah it's thing. a yeah. system, which is honestly a great point that is still relevant. Absolutely, and it's 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 kind of awful that it's like in 2002, it was kind of a revelation for if you were in high school and you st- had started critical thinking as a part of the process of becoming a human, um, that nothing has been done. <laughs> you know, like it yeah. doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It doesn't feel at least. I don't know the what statistics year did you say? on Guthrie. Two? 2002. 2002 is so, for call. Then he, I'll do you one better. Or like I got to shout out. There's this thing my brother turned me on to on the BBC four-part, four-hour series called The Century of the Self. I just looked it up. Also 2002 by this documentarian, Curtis. And it traces this exact same thing, the fear economy, but in this minute way from specifically like Sigmund Freud's little brother did this thing and invented modern marketing and the idea of fear-based marketing and it virally (laughs) spread and it's like (laughs) fucked up the entire century is the argument of this documentary. And it really mirrors like if you like Bowling for Columbine, it's almost a more credible British like straight-laced version of some of the same theories. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, Katie, you said you had so many thoughts, so please take us in whatever direction your brain desires. Then you were saying stuff and I have, 
responses to that as well as you, that's right you guys just keep Ooh. lighting me up here okay let's see if i can remember everything i just thought <laughs> um in terms of that yeah it's shocking uh, and sobering to see how little the the conversation has changed, how relevant everything that was discussed is is now. And it's pretty it, watching it now, I felt an extra level of sadness uh, because we were Columbine, this is still a new reality that we were facing. This is a new thing that we're unpacking. and all there was so much more care given to the individual victims, not care, but I'm saying we were more horrified by it. There are so many dead bodies of children in the years since then. And, um, there's a desensitization that's happened. We're all outraged. Oh man, by it, the movie fast. Yeah. The movie totally takes for granted that this is a crazy thing. That's not going to happen all the time. Yes, it and does. that you're flabbergasted by it because it's so crazy. And you're like, man, and you seeing how shocked yet, it is, yeah, you know, yeah. I know. And I, and I remember being there, being this age and seeing this thing that was changing, but I was on my way out of high school as this cultural shift happened. So I don't remember being afraid for my life in high school, but watching the kids dr directly younger than me having that experience. So there's that. Just yeah. mm -hmm. something that struck with struck me while watching last night. Um, but Michael Moore, mm -hmm. I want to say something yes. about Michael Moore, which is, yeah, I mean, I I think he's a taken with a grain of salt. I think that he does a lot of good, but there's a lot of what he puts out that is off putting and manipulative. OK, I'll, I'll say that even in this, if you're going through it, you which I'm sure we will. There are moments where you're like, OK, well. That's heavy-handed, X, Y, Z. The thing I like yeah, about like the Michael... Kmart. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That felt manipulative to it's, me. He verges on you know? Zeta-esque, right? It's yes. where it's it's like you're not wrong, but you're obnoxious at this point. And yeah, you're I'm roping in these kids. Roll. These kids that have just gone through a tragedy never would have thought. Using hey, them I'm as a prop. Using them as a prop. I, was, right. I went cold at that. Um, but what Michael Moore does that I appreciate and... Uh, I appreciate more since moving to the mountains and I was kind of talking about this before <laughs> we started recording yeah, is yeah, he yeah. humanizes people. Uh, he gets in there and there is a little bit of mockery in it to be fair, but he does seem to, to tend to same thing with saying Donald Trump is going to win. He sees things from a way that a lot of people don't, or he, he can humanize uh, people that disagree with us a lot. Uh, does that make sense? I think he does this tact. Absolutely. I think the tactic he uses is he appeals to everyone. Everything is an appeal. And therefore, it, there's a hum human like it he humanizes people because even if they're completely diametrically opposed to his opinion and hate him and intentionally hostile, um, he's the kind of person who's just like, but don't you... Like, don't you want this to be better, right? Like, you're on, on my side. Grown up. He grew up in Flint, Michigan. He's from there. He, you know, has a firsthand experience with people that are not from <laughs> liberal cities that, that have been disenfranchised, that are uh, products of a broken system. And he's able to talk to them and, uh, you know, come at it from that perspective. Um, right, he's a card-carrying NRA member. You know? Right, and when I I saw some of those interviews and the conversations he was having towards the beginning of the of 
the film, uh, they echo conversations that I have with people up here all the time. This idea of personal safety of, um, you know, it's more it's for a lot of people, you know, it's less about uh, your neighbor, although sure, there's that protect myself from whatever possible threat from wildlife, from an intruder. But more than that, it is about the idea that we the people need to be able to fight back to with the government if we ever need mm. to protect our personal liberty. That is the through line for a lot of Which people. Which is so funny because it's like they they already have it all. They took it all like a piece at a time all. so long right. ago. Your ass is owned by five different corporations, yes. bro. Yes. Yeah, but and anyway. you're but right. But the people that are taking your freedom are not the people that you think. Also, do you really think that you can withstand the might of the US military? Well, that's and it does have a couple Borat esque moments where you're like, Great, he got him. Zing that are delightful. I think one of them is the guy going and like Abe said, he appeals he would be a good deep canvasser, which is something my partner Jen does, which is like techniques required to actually change someone's mind on a voting issue, right? Which is very difficult to do. And I think he'd be good at that because he only asks questions. He's gentle. He's appealing to your humanity. Everyone, most people like to think they have humanity. So they'll allow themselves to be appealed to on that. Like, well, I'm not an asshole. That's why racist people don't want to be called racist. Um, And he asked this guy, well, who's like, you got to be able to overthrow the government, got to be able to overthrow the government. Oh, it's Terry, the brother of the Oklahoma City yeah. bomber. And he's like, well, what about, so a nuclear weapon? Can I have that? Yep. And he goes, well, that should be restricted. Oh, That's, so you do believe in government restriction on some weapons? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of wackos out there. It's really <laughs> funny. I, I, I recorded money that shot. and sent it to one of my uh, very pro-gun I also people up here. And he was like, I'll take a nuke. <laughs> I'll take a nuke. I'll have a nuke. I'll take a nuke. I'll take a nuke was his response. (laughs) I also love, and and that's just a matter of priorities and, you know, like what your interests are and, you know, politically, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but like there's something so telling also in that conversation where it's not just that gotcha moment, which, you know, this is definitely gotcha journalism uh, at its best, I'd say. He's trying to dunk and when he succeeds, it's funny. It's, you know, it works. There's moments, Um, yeah. There's a, there's like a kind of paraphrase that same guy says like, you know, the pen is mightier than the sword, you know, but you know, carry a sword if like the pen fails. (laughs) And that's, that's the mentality. Repeatedly goes, look, I don't want to blow anyone up here, but I'm building a bomb. (laughs) And I think Michael Moore is so right to go toward the direction of, okay, so you have installed in your brain a heavy amount of fear. And then he has like the Canada, you know, like uh section where it's just like, we leave our doors open all the time and I don't care. And it's like, you found people in your house stealing your stuff, like, and you still don't lock your doors. Yeah. No, I don't care. Cause they're acculturated I'm not, to it. In but it also, I think that that might be misrepresenting things as well. Agreed. I, I'm not positive. I think that's misrepresenting also just Canada's gone populist as well. You yeah. know, they have their Trump esque. And maybe that's maybe that is a shift that's happened in the time since. But I think but, yeah, just not, even looking around, I'm like, I I don't think that that's accurately representing all, <laughs> that much. Yeah, also, yeah. just mm-hmm. speaking of another moment of, what are you doing, man? Stop opening people's doors. 
Oh, right, right, Going right, into right. people's houses. By some of the stuff he does. Well, that's why, yeah. I mean, the very first thing I was Pretty like, sweaty. oh, here we go. The sweatiness is where it gets me, like, because uh, this won the Academy Award as well. Um, mm-hmm. Put Keep that all in mind as we go into it. Uh, I thought it was fascinating that in the beginning, he does that whole bit with the bank that gives away free guns. Yes. And it's almost a shaggy dog joke. It's like set up, set up, set up, set up, set up. And you know what the punchline is going to be. And then he finally does the punchline. They hard cut out with punk music, which is... So do you think it's kind of dangerous to give me a gun in a bank? And I'm like, well, yeah, you had to hard cut out because the very next moment would be someone explaining to you that all the bullets are secured and all the guns are empty and right. it's, like it is safe. That's <laughs> also, the thing. So like apparently that's not even true because in order to do it, you need to have had an account for a certain amount of time and, and a background check and, and $5,000 or something in the bank account. Yeah. So he's willing to cut corners that I think a lot of people go, well, you don't want to do that because that gives the other team, so to speak, chance to invalidate your claim. And that to me is unfortunate. And I hope <laughs> I run a news program. I mean, no, what we do is very different, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> but I find it very, very, very important to to make sure that you're clear on your information because it doesn't change the fact that that's bull. You shouldn't be selling a none of it's ridiculous that you get a a gun with your bank account. Right. Any amount of uh, restrictions, like the, the fact that that's like, that's what I'm saying. The point stands. You didn't have to gussy it up. You didn't have to do that, and that invalidates yeah. it to a degree. You are not being honest and you don't need to lie to make your point here. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, the lying, the manipulation and the propaganda, I definitely want to talk a little bit more about. But like um, what you guys are saying, like Michael Moore relies really heavily on the way things look. He, you know, there's no space for nuance. He's basically a blunt object like like Borat, you know, like it's about making the nuance feel ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you you gives no ground to the other side, you know, and obviously we have some loaded phraseology, you know, and stuff of like, you know, the other side may say that's not everyone. There's just a few bad apples or you're highlighting extreme cases. His job, you can tell he is going for this is to make you feel frustrated at making that very claim. Everyone is angry all the time on both sides. And I feel like one of the reasons that he's not helping the situation is that he's He's not wanting to present any side with nuance. He just he just wants to say, look, this is insane. Do we not? Can we not agree that this is insane? Which is honestly like to me, that's kind of the point of satire. Right. If we go back to Jonathan Swift, you know, and like baby eating babies. He does because- this every movie. This is the first time it's <laughs> It's like uh, it really comes down to like being a blunt object because you get angry at it. Right. So I think he is very effective and I don't love the gotcha journalism. I don't love the lack of nuance and, you know, just relying heavily on like the way things look. He creates a Rick and Morty esque fan base effect where you're like people who are hardcore Michael Moore fans are annoying to be around this. I guess Mm -hmm. that's my main gripe. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I mean, yeah. Yeah, because exactly. That's why. honestly, these days, except for fans of our show, um, shows hardcore, I, I think that <laughs> we mm-hmm. need to be able to be fans of people and respect their work and honest about shortcomings because yeah. otherwise 
we just this is all part of the retweet culture the like blind following the it, it it's dangerous it's dangerous because that's mm. how the wrong things take hold and it polarizes us even more i think it's very important right uh to and be i will say to- i I feel like a lot of the stuff that is his major thrust, right, it's it's that thing where you're like, well, if you are only going to say one thing over and over, I agree <laughs> with the thing you're saying generally. Like the fear-based economy is real, and uh, but it just becomes odd. Like this one wants to focus on sh- the school shooting specifically, and it ends up a lot of it becoming anti the way Fox News works, basically, in the 24-hour yeah. news cycle, which I agree with and which is interesting, <clears throat> but I but the connection that he tries to tie directly to the Columbine shooting is just not there. So that's why it's... As we just keep going around saying he's a mixed bag. But, like, let's talk about, I guess, things that stood out to us along those lines. I will say, even though, again, I don't think it has much to do with Columbine specifically, but I love that he kept talking intersectionally about the thing that I really, you know, think about a lot, which is that America just wants slavery without the guilt. And we've just, mm-hmm. ever since slavery made us the richest country in the world, we're trying to reduce slavery in some way. Mm-hmm. And he does mm-hmm. that chunk about the woman working 70 hours a week at the mall um, mm-hmm. while her six-year-old's at school shooting another six-year-old because he's completely unsupervised. Yeah. And the places at the mall get fucking tax breaks to work her <laughs> like a slave. Right. And right. she still doesn't make enough to make rent. And... Uh, yeah, and he yeah. goes and talks. But then he talks to Dick Clark, and you're like, you didn't need to talk to Dick Clark. No, you he didn't. Like, what's Dick Clark too far? Do. Right, it's what's like, Dick obviously, Dick Clark, because it was Dick, you know, Dick Clark's it name was his was on the bill. Fudgery or whatever. Fudgery or whatever that this <laughs> yeah. woman worked. Dick Clark's but, like, fudge. he knew that that was just going to be um, a sensational moment for the documentary that can get a headline. That's right. Also, yeah. just yeah. we can talk about the Charlton Heston moment, too, but that there's it's been pretty verified that he fudged that like kind of faked <laughs> I mean he didn't fake it but there's like the shot as he's calling out down the stairs to him as Charlton Heston walks away and he ignores it yeah it's obviously faked because from the one POV you could see over his shoulder and from the reverse there's no camera behind whatever he got his own right, coverage gotcha. at a different time but it's dishonest um oh I just shoot I I went on a tra- a little digression and forgot my original point no well also i mean it's and and maybe you know it's partly we've gotten there because of people like michael moore i did see some of the through line two things that are purely entertainment with some political satire on the side like borat mm-hmm. like it was interesting borat too right the big finale was the rudy giuliani seeming to fondle himself uh, scene and it came with a baked in expectation of like who's he going to get this time who's he going to nail this time and it is funny to watch every genre including political satire documentaries evolve like this one seems quaint now him talking yes. to Charlton Heston <laughs> Charlton Heston basically just comes off as a befuddled old man who barely yes. understands what's going on and you're yeah, like that was not partially a, true that was not because, a gotcha I mean, he dude was tricked. you just he was bothered kinda, this old man yeah. I agree this old man sucks ass but that scene wasn't triumphant it was stupid yes it was kind of stupid because it also doesn't do anything it shows the hypocrisy which he's already kind of done on a societal level so yeah. it's like you already why... nailed it. You over nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I, I know that it was that that one is talked about a lot because 
Charlton Heston, it was known at the time that he was going through uh, Alzheimer's. Yeah. So he no. is a befuddled old man, I and see. that's kind I of didn't fucked. I that. Yeah. Uh, just... And it's interesting. It, that brings up the notion that I think is at the heart of like why we like Michael Moore and why we dislike Michael Moore is that <clears throat> at the end of the day, you kind of have to just have an opinion on Charlton Heston where it's like and gun violence like you probably you go, already have your opinion oh that don't don't do that to the the alzheimer's old man or is your opinion yeah but he deserves fuck him. it fuck him because he does blah blah yeah. blah yeah yeah and i think that that's where people draw the line you know i think that yeah. that's like some <clears throat> people I will say if you say have that, all, some people don't if you have alzheimer's you shouldn't be making decisions like whether a national lobbying group should show up in the wake of a school shooting yeah. or not. Well, that shouldn't I, be your decision. Maybe <laughs> perhaps other people were helping him make those decisions. Right. Um, or putting him on a dolly and wheeling yes, him onto exactly, the stage. Which we know now people do all the time. Mitch McConnell, Diane mm-hmm. Einstein, RAP, sort of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's sort of, but not um, yet. Yeah. Uh, too soon. I have remembered some thoughts and have other ones. Um, Michael, to your point, I also very much appreciate the things that Michael Moore highlights in this film. It is meandering. It it uh, we do we go on these digressions, which are are natural offshoots of when you're talking about this problem. Yes, the media landscape. Yes, absolutely. We show black people on TV all the time. Talks about how we're scared of the Africanized bee and that's latently racist. And you're like, that's interesting, but what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? But I think that that's a knockout of the park. I think that's like, that's straight up. Like, if that was a stand up bit, that's a fucking. Oh, that's awesome true. Where you're like, it. oh, the European bee's more timid, is it, newsman? Yeah. Oh, is I it? see. Oh, what no, you're it's doing. funny because <laughs> it like so perfectly says what America like. Oh, oh, it's an immigrant bee. Oh, that's Uh-oh. too angry. Oh, the bee's too angry now. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, but I they're all good observations. But yes, it it feels a little bit meandering, and ultimately, what this movie is about is why. Does America have so much more gun violence than other countries? And it doesn't quite answer it, that question. Not really. It explores it all says these it has things. something to do with fear economy, it's but it doesn't to do with say fear economy. It said something about our love of guns. About our love of guns. There, you know, some people, I guess it didn't go that much into gun laws, which is smart because that's a whole tapestry that's really hard to unpack. Um, and I have thoughts i don't know so this is something i've been thinking about a lot lately and i don't know if other people will go on this journey with me mm-hmm. if they quite if everyone's there we will I, katie <clears throat> i just think it's impossible to answer this with one you know there's this question can't be answered with one answer uh there's a, a bunch of them yes we have so many fucking guns here yes it is deeply ingrained in American culture, this idea of personal liberty. Uh, But a lot of the stuff that we are seeing, especially in the years since this, is the people are struggling. It's late stage capitalism. People are fucking sad. People don't have resources. People don't have access to healthcare. People don't have opportunities. Uh, We are, have been oppressing communities for generations. It's not hard to see how our country can become, 
has become increasingly more hostile across the board. And add to that the fact that, yeah, we have guns. Um, other countries have other sorts of social safety nets. Other countries have different cultural uh, conversations around guns and different expectations of... There's so many different answers. But to me, we are a confluence of a whole bunch of fucking bad elements. You know what I'm saying? But capitalism mm -hmm. to me is a big part of it. I, I think that as people get more desperate, our violence is only going to, across the board, is only going to get worse. Okay, off of my pedestal. <laughs> no, no, it's great. The, those, that mimics a lot, I think, of a lot of people out there. Um, I think that that's what, that's kind of what the last 20 years after, the aftermath of this movie is kind of brought. You know, we're kind of like we haven't seen that change. So why are we still, you know... Yeah. Why are we still kind of churning our wheels? No, they talk, <laughs> he talks about how the crime rate is actually lower, relatively lower than it's ever been, and yet our fear of crime is at an all-time high. That's still true, even more extremely than it was then. The trend had continues and has not right. reversed. And uh, that's particularly nefarious and makes it confusing, and that's why this issue becomes, I think, very... Con like, people contradict each other and get very heated because... What you just said, murder rate down 20%, news coverage of murders up 600% mm -hmm. at that t in 2002. That narrative can be spinned that at, at that point in history, buying guns was actually creating a safer place. Well, when we know that that's not necessarily yeah. true. I mean, uh, boy, I've gotten into it so many times over the past year here, talking to people about it, um, this, and... I haven't heard somebody say this, but I've heard people suggest it, that it could be a pot potential that there's some false flags going on with some of these uh, mass shootings. <laughs> if you know, think about it, then you'll have more gun legislation. Where? Where's right. the more gun? And we all know we've got 3D fucking printers. You cannot. We have states rights. You can. California can do whatever. Go to town on gun restrictions. But. You can go and get it in Arizona. You can go do this. You can go do that. There is, it's impossible. There's so many loopholes. So actually try again. If, if, if there was actually a, a false flag going on, who do you think benefits the most from a mass shooting? I'll tell you right now, it's the gun manufacturers. It's the yeah, NRA. That's a great question to ask. Well, that, that's another thing he points to is that, and again, it's sort of an anecdotal connection more than a statistical one where you can back up. So you'd rather see something stronger, but I don't think he's wrong about Lockheed Martin being sort of the poster boy of on a grander scale, this is what we do, right? We're a aggressor nation in a real way and an oppressor nation in a real way. And that translates through like it's hard to it's hard to be involved in wars abroad and then have a be lousy with guns and also say, but nobody use them. Um, right. And he has that scene with the Lockheed Martin guy and talking about how, and as we've just seen, right, with the Israeli invasion of Gaza, the uh, stock immediately went up or of places like Lockheed Martin. And I think Lockheed Martin stock did indeed go up. And uh, that always makes me sick, right? Because I guess I guess I no, I don't really understand. People are like, well, it's going to go up because it just reflects the reality that when in a war, there's weapons sold. And I'm like. All right, you shouldn't make money off that. Or I, I it's weird to me that it's legal to make well, money it, off that. That incentivizes that we murder each other. Well, I thought the whole point of civilization was to disincentivize murdering each other. Well, you had to get I'll just bring it back to the capitalism. 
something. Because when I say it, this is... <laughs> At, on all levels it is there's the effect of people being de desperate and their lives are not going well under our system but there's also that we benefit lots of people make money off of their fear we always want to mm. make money 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 and people <laughs> and, and it goes hand in hand with the media it's afraid fear 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 you're not safe you're not safe go and buy this fucking gun now you can be safe now you can sleep at night right. with your loaded gun on your fucking pillow and it's connected to ads advertising as well in the sense that yeah. it started with, uh, oh, well, first it started with, I want to sell you a Coca-Cola. It's made of sugar. Here it is. You drink it. And then it went to, if you don't drink this Coca-Cola, you're not part of the Coca-Cola movement. Your identity <laughs> is weird. Mm -hmm. And that fear sold more units and based on that simple stupid trick we've ruined the entire society we're like let's do that but with everything let's make people change their thoughts and opinions based on fear and live based on fear and buy and sell based on fear and everything will just be based on fear uh and it's still true and he's not wrong about it so if nothing else like i don't know yeah he's a blunt object but he's hacking at a thing that's real uh, yeah, so that's and, good. He, <laughs> and he actually like we we all were like the Kmart thing is super sweaty because what he does is he takes two victims who survived um, Columbine, Columbine yeah. and he brought them to the Kmart uh, that the bullets were purchased from. And he was like, like, what do you have to say about this? Like, he didn't <laughs> seem to have a plan, but they kind of, you know. They jazzed it and he was like, you know what? We should just buy out all the bullets. And then he was like, all right, let's go to the corporate Kmart and see what can be done. At the end of the day, because Kmart, Michael Moore, comes for your, Michael right. Moore comes for your money. That's kind right. of the beauty of him. And I'm going to make you not. And I'm willing to steep to the lowest of the lows to make <laughs> you feel like yeah. to feel that. Yeah. And Again, so Peter, if the system is broken. And what do these people fear? Looking bad. So he mm. actually won. He got he Kmart to be like, in 90 did. days, we're no longer selling bullets. He did. He did I would that. be curious to, to follow up, to make sure certain things that it, that right. lasted or what bullets. But this is the thing. And at the time, and I look, I celebrate that for what it's worth. That is a win. Um, I do not like how he went about it. Some of that is my own knowledge right. of uh, victims and, uh, that I have learned in the years and years since this movie came out. Um, and, he, you know, my personal philosophy on right and wrong. But also, there's something that I, a frustration that I felt a lot over the last few years. A victory like that. Well, the store next door is just selling them instead. For the same amount it, it's yes yeah, but the, there is sometimes victory, and that is really. a victory and i think it's important i think that a lot of times we'll be we'll see some headline uh biden cancels student debt and we're like yay mm -hmm. we did it and, yeah. <laughs> and then you open it up and you're like well actually it was just this also it's, it's gonna get struck down in supreme court also has he ever mentioned the fact that this is an ongoing problem that other... he fell asleep while he was like, signing it and it didn't get like, put into law in time but but we have so much on our plates that we're worried about just with our own lives let alone all the horrors we see all the time in the news that something like that does a switches a brain like great that's one check off the list you know what i mean not that that did it but in mm -hmm. general 
I have, that's a big moment of celebration, a positive thing in this movie. Like that's, we can do it. It's like, I also right. know that that's so superficial in the scope of things. And at the same <laughs> time, you manipulated two kids to do it. Uh, and you, yeah. <laughs> but yes, also at the time, I, I, I agree with the other things that have been said about it as well. So True. Uh, I want to kind of backpedal a little bit and mm-hmm. go to something that Michael said. Oh, thank which you. I think it bears kind of repeating or introspection, which is, you know, the idea of the this this kind of cultural like issue that we have in America more than most countries, but it's not, you know, it's shared by many um, about this sensationalism. And I want to point out and hear your thoughts on the cops segment. I laughed out loud at this one because I love that the producer not once but twice is like. Yeah, baby, if you like you need we need to see someone with their shirt off. Like, that's the Mm. whole point. Like, he has learned these hard and fast rules of how to make money. He's a nightcrawler. Become sensational. (laughs) He's a nightcrawler. And um, and it's just so funny to me that it's just like he's just a simple little termite biting the wood in front of him. He's not thinking about these things. And he is in a way despicable, but also like innocent he's just like i don't know man it's not my job because he agrees solve america michael moore is like don't you think it's racist and he goes i didn't think it was maybe it is though maybe like i'm just doing what i'm doing going out of his way during that he's like hey i'm one of the good guys i'm a liberal right hey no no he's a dipshit but it was still a funny segment that was when i started writing on my notes like are you just riffing at this point or what is this did you have an idea for the sketch bit and you wanted to do it but i do think he said something that remains so pulsatingly true to this day in fact i've seen a lot of the ethos of this movie in viral tweets since for example the thing where it counts down do you know how many gun deaths there are in japan in sweden and canada and australia and america and like i've seen that as a tweet and it is shocking if you don't know that information right um that we're like thousands and thousands of times anyone uh and similarly the cops guy said a thing that i've heard as a tweet before and it sucks that it remains true but he was like well i don't know man and I i like that he got it out of him organically how come if a guy steals $750, we tackle him and break down his door and shit. But if you steal $75 million, they just come in, you know, businessmen come in a suit to talk to you. And I'm like, yeah, how? I don't know why. How come? How come? And and he's not going to solve that. But uh, man, Again, that's so fucking true. Up. And you see, it's funny to see someone come to it on film and go, yeah, well, yeah, I guess we should punish white collar criminals. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah I guess we fucking should. It is a satisfying like, moment and frustrating at the same time. Well, because he's like, that wouldn't be a good TV show. Wouldn't though. be a good TV he show. Made and, Turk- take his shirt off. And again, that's bumping up against capitalism <laughs> sorry yeah well plus if you're a white collar criminal you got to take your shirt off you'll dirty that collar baby you'll dirty, it's yeah. so easy to get you can't get a stain out of a white collar mm-hmm. i uh i couldn't believe that the fucking lockheed martin's so evil that they um yeah they because they're they, like we're in the game of wealth. they're already like we make weapons right then they were like no, no, no. We're just a general wealth building company, which gave them all the means to do all kinds of fucked up shit. The one they talk about in the Bowling for Columbine that I can't believe. It's just so ballsy and transparent is that 
they went into the pro the process of privatizing welfare, which they claim helps poor people. But of course, you're a money hungry giant corporation. You would only be doing this if you make money. So therefore, by definition, you're squeezing money out of the poorest people in the country. And you're like, so you, what is your deal? What are you as a company? Well, we make nuclear weapons and rockets and jets and shit, and we steal from poor people. It's like, you truly have no shame. You are scum. Like your yeah. business model is too be scum I'm, you might be demons <laughs> yeah, for all yeah it's know. crazy you might wolfram and heart dude and my mother-in-law who i know won't listen to this always like gets so mm -hmm. excited and calls it like my lockheed stock got another dividend and i'm like yeah that's because israel's invading oh, God. And they're like well i'm lockheed not part stock. of it i don't know why i just get the letter that says i have more money now uh-huh uh-huh. That's the dream of America. That's the dream. Yeah. This is you us are winning. Money. Winning this game. Mm -hmm. This you get game of pennies. Life. But yeah, I did like Cop the bottom Sky. Of the pyramid. Uh, other standout segments. I thought it was pretty weird how they could only get Trey, not Matt, oh, of the South well, Park guys. And then he did a South Park cartoon like he was yes. trying to impress the yeah, South Park guys. Right. <laughs> And apparently, they were super pissed yeah, about it, that because well, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, like bad they were like, off. "You're ripping us off of yeah. our style." Yeah. Uh, so that that was why they later in Team America World Police decided to just like oh Fuck blow you, him Michael up. Moore. Right, he's yeah. a piece of shit in that. He's a piece I mean, of okay. shit. That's yeah. a, so another. It's just it kind it kind of delegitimizes the movie. <laughs> Kind of, except kind that I agree with a lot of this movie, right? It's so yeah, frustrating. Yeah, I, yeah. We just it's, go back and forth and back and forth. But yes, the cartoon is part that makes you roll your eyes and go, this won an Academy Award. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like a Schoolhouse like, Rock parody of some bullshit. That one felt really meandering because then it was like, slavery and the pilgrims yeah and, and they're uh, like america's built on genocide you're, you're like, like i know right. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah what the columbine kids this are, goes they are in an good. abstract sense part of that flow but you're way off course you're just way off course and now you're talking about the middle east like it's, where are you man also, like what part of history i know that we're especially at that time this isn't the target audience is no, as we said, I, now, but to it, me, it, the most notable thing that I grieve the most is how obvious everyone in the movie wants this to be a crazy anomaly and thinks yeah. that this movie will be a, a time capsule mm. of this crazy thing that happened. That's honestly the most heartbreaking aspect. Right. He did, I, I already expressed that I, I appreciate the way that Michael Moore humanizes those that disagree with us. He also makes fun of them. But, you know, he, he genuinely has conversations and is approachable to people. And I, I think that's that's good. Um, you would think that you'd want those same people to watch this movie and to learn something from it. But when you wildly throw everything the whole at the kitchen the whole kitchen sink at it and have things that are blatantly making people roll their eyes you're just going to lose your audience it's it just undercuts the whole thing i'll stop when he asked the cops know. when he asked no, the no, cops no, yeah. why aren't you like, arresting the polluters i can't see the hollywood sign from here right. like, uh, you're like shut up stop dude. it's like I, yeah. you're embarrassing you gotta, the, you're embarrassing you gotta calm yourself down, man. and the people yeah like I, i'm on your side and i'm embarrassed yeah um, yeah it's pretty embarrassing which, uh marilyn manson in this yeah uh when he says <laughs> 
He says, what would you say to Marilyn Manson? Michael Moore says, what would you say to the Columbine kids if you could talk to them? And Marilyn Manson says, nothing. I'd just sit and listen to what they had to say. Is that wise? I can't tell if that's why good or bad advice. I don't know. It sounds wise, but I suspect it's stupid, but I can't. I'm honestly flummoxed. I mean, it's... I mean, what are we doing here? Like, are the what's Columbine the goal? kids going to have good stuff to say that's going to help the situation? Like, I don't know that that's true. I mean, I th- I feel like what he's trying to say is like, where did it go? No wrong? one helped. But them, I don't right. think that those kids would say like talk about that. They would be more of like, here is the thing that I want everyone to understand. Right. Um, uh, my you know, because well, so he's he's just kind of making a. Uh, a statement out of things that he knows nothing about. He well, doesn't know what the reality of that it, situation that's would be. A, it's a silly a bit thing of a to say. Therapy. That's just felt so fake and posture. Like, well, that's I mean, like a general talk is, therapy listen, technique. Is talk listen, therapy. Right? I'm going to listen <laughs> because I'm the person that represents the people that never get heard. Uh, right. I, I'm sorry. It makes me what? Look really what good. I'm trying to Google really quickly. Marilyn Manson. He was canceled for some other thing as well that was very shady. He's like, if I recall. Uh, an abuser of yeah, women. A, there you go. Yeah, yeah. From yeah, what I understand, s- s- come at me in my ats. Tell me how I'm no, wrong. No, I think you're that. right. No, not you. That, I, that I don't ask with my I wouldn't. Evan I, I'd Rachel would ask that you don't come at Katie. Yeah, for don't this. come at me. I just. Very I abstain. Well I abstain. Please don't come at me. That's all that no, matters. No, I, I, I don't actually <laughs> want you. I, I'm just positive. Lots of people listening know the actual charges, and I don't right. care mm. enough to look into it right now. What I know is that Marilyn Manson. Uh, has done some terrible things. <laughs> terrible shit. Yep. <laughs> and even the, there yeah. is just something about that man saying, "I would listen." Bullshit. I would listen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, well, it had very much the idea of if I had been on that plane, things would have gone down yeah, differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the whole concept of the movie—I forgot that the whole the reason it's called Bowling for Columbine is he tries to make the straw man argument that. Well, if we're going to blame violent music and video games, why don't we blame bowling? They went bowling the day they committed the massacre. And it's like, that is like a subsidiary joke in your fourth point of the movie. Does that make sense? Like, right. it's, yeah. it's so yeah. weird that it's titled that. Because that really was just is. a tiny point in a tiny point. And then did you guys notice <laughs> the last shot of this movie? It's a documentary, right? That won the Academy mm. Award. The last shot of the movie is the guy who wrote it making a strike in bowling, like rolling a strike. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing, like, uh, dude. Amazing filmmaking. I nailed this one. Also, it's like the end of Inglorious Bastards. Or I was some just shit. gonna yeah. say it's Tarantino oh, yeah. saying that it's this is his masterpiece. The, um, uh, apparently, only that was the whole you know the thing they went bowling that morning before going and shooting up yeah. the school. Apparently, only one of them went bowling. <laughs> oh really <laughs> well then the whole movie is null and void i don't care about it's gun control fine. Now. it's just was like such a stretch to so it's it. yeah. yeah can i ask about this is not covered in the movie because i think it's become complexified as we've advanced in time but I mean, you can feel free to say i don't have a fully formed opinion if you don't want people to come at you because i don't think i have a fully formed opinion but like yeah. so for example i know Robert Evans can elucidate the pro-gun ownership reasons. Mm -hmm. 
and why the government mm-hmm. will boss you around. And I'm not saying it won't, you know, so like, I don't know where I land on that. And I don't know where I land on the fact that he points out in the movie, Windsor, Canada, they have tons of guns because everybody hunts. They have just as many guns per capita, but they don't shoot each other. And his argument is they don't have the fear economy. So I don't know. Maybe he's right. But what I'm really asking is uh, something else he barely touches on, but that I've heard a lot more lately is, you know, just like everything, uh, the black population has tremendously reduced access to gun ownership or has historically. Uh, We've tried to keep guns away and the guns can be if guns are a tool for freedom in any context then surely black Americans need access to them as well, right? If the government's going to oppress anyone, we know that they're doing it currently to marginalized groups. So if marginalized groups, if anyone should get access to guns because it's right and because it helps you protect yourself from the government, then marginalized groups need access to guns. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, where do you guys well, land on that? Should there be no guns? Should there be some guns? Um, what do you think? Oh. Well, I mean, I think those are two different questions. They are. Because I tricked you. You, you, you're a tricksy hobbit. Um, like, cause like in the first instance, they're not in the business of taking down the government. The gun lobby likes that image. Like that's the p- whole thrust of what Charlton Heston is, you know, uh, over my dead freedom fighters or out of yeah. my dead hands or whatever the hell he says, you know, it's like the whole idea is that they're trying to sh- advertise from freedom. But they don't have any incentive to actually do that thing. Like they don't want people to form militias, right? So certain people, yeah. Hmm. I mean, I think that that to me is definitely the truth of the first situation. That as for whether there's should be guns, I mean, to me, obviously, uh, the this movie makes its point. The statistics make their point. Something is terribly wrong. Um, I think that we need to take a break from guns. Uh, I, I do believe that the one of the worst things that we can create in this world is governments. I think they're worse than corporations. They've done historically more damage and tragedy and trauma to human civilization than anything else. So yeah, we need checks and balances there. I don't think that that's necessarily what we have as much as I think a lot of the people on the other side want us to believe yeah. uh, that's the situation that's interesting. that we're in. I'm pretty scared of corporate rule as well. I oh, do I feel like too. late well, stage capitalism I think we is have, for sure. I think we I mean, are like the Nestle guy trying to buy water and stuff. Oh, there's yeah. some heinous acts oligarchy. on the corporations. Oh, there's so sure. much yeah. more than we even but, know. That's how I think we are in a corporate o- oligarchy. But it's uh, nothing at the moment. like <laughs> it's nothing like governments right yeah. governments are they have done they do wars they do wars out in the open in yeah corporate oh corporate and i'm saying corporations America. i believe have legitimately become reasons that countries go to war yeah so oh yeah they're like, almost like, governments and corporations are blending together absolutely to well, yeah multinational corporations right yeah that's um, the whole i know have... happen as we globalize so yeah like, i don't know it's the ouroboros is what i see the, this is such a well, complicated is, thing. Right. I mean, obviously, I, if someone could solve it, we'd be doing what they said. Uh, um, but but it's fascinating. You never... I don't want to be for my whole life. This is why I don't cover this beat that often of politics. I, I find it so demoralizing that we're still in that place. Like, there's a shot, a two-shot, 
of Marilyn Manson with his boot up on Michael Moore's chair going mm-hmm. like, this is what I would do to stop Columbine, man. Yeah, the man. government does this, man. It's fear, man. And they think I'm fear, but they're fear, man. And Michael Moore just like nodding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're yeah, just they agreeing do. that America is so uniquely broken and fucked. Yeah. And I feel mm-hmm. like we all agree. Is there anything that can be done about that? Or do we all just agree that it's fucked? (laughs) I want to answer this question from a bit back ago, the two-part thing about guns. And if so, shouldn't we be giving guns to marginalized communities and stuff? I mean, I I think that's something that gets glossed over a lot when talking about gun violence is the rate of gun violence within minority communities specifically, you know, black and brown communities. That's why it's double complex. And it's, you know, I mean, what is the... Black Americans are 10 times more likely than white Americans to die from gun homicide. Um, And it's not about the fact that they're black. There's just a lot of history to unpack, uh, you know, surrounding communities and how we have created communities and gangs and poverty and, you know, how people escape from those systems and (laughs) what... There's so much to unpack about that, and nobody ever wants to right. touch that. So, you know, uh, to me, it seems instinctually, yeah. but I just fear violence, and sometimes to a fault because it's come. It's I've come to understand that it's a form of privilege to think that you can navigate every situation right. without violence. If you're oppressed enough, then violence may be the recourse. Um, but but my instinct. I, I asked the question, but I'll just reveal my own cards. Yeah. My instinctive stance is that fewer guns is better. And so I would like to see marginalized communities have even fewer guns. But my point is, if more guns is better because it equals more freedom, then you should want marginalized groups to have even more guns. Right. But basically, Katie and I feel like we're saying the same thing, which is that it's so fucking complex. Yeah, but... (laughs) And it depends whether you think guns are good or bad. I don't think... (laughs) I don't like guns. I will never own a gun. Since moving to the mountains, I have shotguns twice and mm-hmm. with people that are very responsible gun owners and take that very seriously. And I've been doing my best to learn about them. Um, I feel very complicated about it. I, I will never have one in my house um, ever. <laughs> but I don't think we can legislate our way out of this. I don't yeah. actually think we're making the problem any better there might be if if it was a different landscape right now i i don't have the answers but i'm saying what i touched on this earlier california can do what it wants you can go get it from somewhere else there are loopholes at every state's gun show that you can manipulate there are new uh, things coming out okay ar-15s banned well what about a mini 12 it's the same thing just different types of an attachment i'm making i i'm not positive if i'm quoting the right, right and no, but models. you're saying as long as the I'm appetite is there people will find the appetite, a way so the question is why is the appetite there why is the appetite that's why i keep coming back to my it's gun violence is going to be a part of america uh, i'm not saying i'm giving up i'm saying that that's it is the reality and i don't see how it's not gonna but why are people hateful to each other why do people want to kill each other? Why are people so desperate? Some of these ma- mass shootings aren't just at schools now. It, this guy no, was shunned not. by, yeah. I mean, they wasn't. It, when we were younger, my first experiences with mass shootings were the disgruntled man going out and 
murdering every woman he could Postal, see in a mass shooting. Or the, um, you know? the, the mailman who snaps, right? The mailman who snaps. Uh, last year in uh, the Bay Area, in Half Moon Bay, near where I grew up, uh, a migrant worker. I'm not sure. I never saw the fall, you know, uh, living in terrible conditions opened up. I'm saying that we're all arguing about gun laws, which like, yeah, you know what? If I could wave a magic wand, what technology we have access to, what we've done in this industry. I mean, guns are the foundation of our industrial revolution. It's so baked in from the very beginning here. <laughs> you know, it's a part of our economy. It's hard to invent cars without inventing guns. It's They're, hard they, they because work the they same. make, they work the <laughs> yeah. same, but also creating, uh, you know, multiple automatic firing, like automation. It all is right. tied into it. And I'm not, that's not me arguing in favor of it. I'm saying like, we're so far fucking past it that I'm saying we need to be, it's not just the take away this weapon. It's why are we, so fucking lost and i don't have a yeah agreed answer, and I, but it's, it's just bigger than what anybody talks about you know it's gun violence of all our problems is like a symptom problem or a yes. downstream problem as urgent and horrifying as it is and i i don't think either of us of course are suggesting that you shouldn't try to address symptoms but there are problems we face that are symptoms of other problems and then problems that are upstream of those. Like there are like, right, the, dis the disparity in income equality and outcome equality and uh, desperation. These are the things that lead to and violence. And then the guns are just available. So through that lens, it becomes gun violence. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's I, there's just so much. There's just so much and anybody pretending that it, I mean, and yeah, guns are a big part of the gun violence problem. You are correct. Everyone is correct. I, I do agree with that. It's just, okay. And well, and I what? know the argument of you can't put it back, can't put the genie back in the bottle. I get, I always am like of two minds about that. Cause on the one hand, I understand you're saying if people want guns, then there will be guns, but all things do change and all things end mm -hmm, sometime. For mm -hmm. example, we used to, there used to be a demand for phrenology tools, which is measuring the bumps on your head to determine your character. Then we stopped using them because we found out it wasn't a useful tool. It wasn't doing right. anything that we liked. <clears throat> I feel like we, guns are also like that now, right? Like yeah. we can choose to have as much or as little of a tool as we need, as we think is useful. Uh, and then I think it also speaks to, like you said, the fear people have of government. That is a legitimate fear. It is but a then legitimate idea, fear. The idea that you having an AK will keep the government from fucking us is silly and to me. I know that it's like people, a it's like a safety blanket almost. Up here, I mean, I agree with you. I I said a similar point, but but I know that people up here would say. At first, yeah, but I mean, like, well, let's look at the United States war on terror. And different types. I mean, there's a there's an element of still personal safety. Fine, I'll take to the hills. Fine, I'll do this. If everything really come, push comes to shove, they kind of a lot of people want that. They want that opportunity to act out that fantasy. So they're going to be dug in about it. But you know, this isn't me defending it. Sometimes when I say these things, it makes it sound like that's what I want, and I don't. No, you're I, giving it nuance. I, I just think. be a reality to how people think about this topic and as things do get more desperate i mean you were right michael if if we are to say guns keep us safer then why aren't we allowing why wouldn't you want minority groups to have access to it 
you know, it's a good point. It's <laughs> well, unfortunately, I think the truth is because so I'm basing that on the logic of well, so are guns good or are guns bad? And then I think the truthful, not disingenuous answer to that is like any tool, they're good in some situations, bad in other situations, depends on how it's being used. Okay. Then who decides what situations like, you know, and it, um, the unfortunate reality of the universe is some things are so complex that that they're very difficult to navigate. Yeah. And I just I, keep... I, I a podcaster who doesn't like talking politics normally don't have the solution to that. I don't know. But mm -hmm. uh, there are things that are too complex to simply navigate. And then we try as a species to create these one size fits all or like three size fits all, you know. Mm -hmm. Where we're like, mm -hmm. well, abortions for some, miniature American flags for others. Um, mm -hmm. And we're always just trying to get that balance right. And I don't know that we ever will. And now I'm sad. So I can be I done know. whenever you guys are It's done. hard. It's so hard. <laughs> it's such a frustrating. I, there are so many. There are some ugly things going on in the world at the moment. All the time. It's but true. At the moment. And I was no, especially like, right now. It's it's a dark time for humanity. It's right dark now. time for yeah. humanity. And I'm trying hard not to bring up parallels to other countries and conflicts right now that will make this darker. But um, yeah, violence abounds. Uh -huh. Yeah. Violence abounds. I used to that's just I used to I say gotta... violence is never the answer because that's easy to say. Now I don't that's even know if that's say. true. It's hard. because <laughs> it, yeah. I mean. It's I you touched on this this briefly. It's like yeah, sh when is it justified to protect yourself to fight back? We can see right. clear right. examples time and time again, not just in I mean all around the world of Statues the thing we take for, for me. things the things we take for granted happening to people all Ooh. the time everywhere, and we lose sight of the perspective that America is behind a lot of that. So what makes you think yeah. that America couldn't turn that on us too, <laughs> you know? And we're we're Americans after all. So, you know, we're going to be like, well, one of the coolest things that happened to democracy is that we fought some British people. We were birthed from blood, you know? Like, yeah. so violence was the answer in some cases, right? Right? Well, right? and when you're talking about fundamental revolution, like how do we get out of a corporate oligarchy? Mm -hmm. And I do believe that will happen. I do believe everything ends someday. Yeah. Someday America mm -hmm. will end, which is interesting to think about. Like the idea yeah, of a does. conceptualized America will end. Everything has to end. Mm -hmm. But like probably violence will be involved, right? It almost <laughs> certainly will. Yeah. It yeah. almost certainly will. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think here's how we solve it. No more guns. We all study the art of the blade. The great outdoor fight, if you're The familiar. art of the blade. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. some old timers As up I here. Have done. There's some old timers mm -hmm. up here and on my walk in the morning two days a week. There will be these old guys practicing fencing in the little park. Oh, that's cute. But with sticks. Mm. Oh. So cute. Wow. That's that could pretty be cute. Us all. Some John Wick 4 shit. It feels like yeah. children playing, you know? Yeah, but they're yeah. old. That. I do like that aspect about the first 20 minutes about it of Boyne for Columbine is America's love affair with guns. And I do love that it starts with like this 1950s, the history of advertisement where it was like, just shows you an ad where it's like, it really sounds like a gun. In fact, let's cut to two cops 
saying like it this it's this a real feels gun. like the real thing yeah, yeah it's just like, and going like that's what we shooting thought was criminals great. in the head is what i think my son should do you know like yeah. uh ads from the 50s where you're like they were so out of touch oh my god <laughs> yeah and it's just one of it's i mean as the world turns man it's just crazy to be like we know we never get it right we always hindsight will always tell us that we are fools but the thing we do know uh, about reality we can bank on is that we're not that ain't it we're we're gonna get better hopefully we are not gonna do that thing anymore right but something we're doing now that we think is normal future people will go that is the foolishest thing that we can imagine that yeah that is a silly thing you are silly people (laughs) that is definitely and in fact you're gross to us yeah yeah Uh Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Probably vegetarianism, I believe. I believe someday, especially because they'll have lab grown meat, if that, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, you as ate long as dead those animals that you killed. Okay. That's gross. Yeah. We talked about like, that yeah. recently when you we'll were here. We'll see. We'll see. All I mean, right. Well, then, what do we evolve? If we're on from, trod man? ground, <laughs> well, like, no, speaking I, of children yeah. playing, uh, mm-hmm. no, Katie, shut up. I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I do too. <laughs> That's a, but, uh, Thank you, Jeff, for giving us such a mighty nugget to chew on, I guess I'll say, because of course <laughs> yeah. you could talk about this, these topics, because these are the topics that actually matter to people's lives um, mm-hmm. for hours and hours and hours, but we'll call it there. That was our Bowling for Columbine episode. All behold Yeah, all Jeff's behold nuggets. Jeff. If you want Jeff! us to talk more like this, you could pick a, a similar movie, but regardless, uh, next episode we'll probably be back to just arguing about pop culture and stuff that doesn't directly mm-hmm. matter. But just is is a little more fun. Well, we covered Waltz with Bashir. That one got pretty real too. So who knows? Who knows what we'll do? Maybe you can decide if you sponsor us at the Pick the Flick tier over at patreon.com slash smallbeans. And Katie, where can they follow you, find you, and see what you're up to lately? Oh boy. Okay, here I go. Do your thing. Um, I have a show with Cody Johnston on YouTube called Some More News, where we do deep dives into topics that are hard, but we try to have fun with it. We also have a podcast called Even More News, and that's, you know, a weekly conversational situation where we talk about the week's news. Um, and we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash some more news. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I just don't like it there very much. <laughs> and then on Instagram, I try to post pictures and things of my dog. Mm-hmm. We have a TikTok show now, but no one seems to know. So that's something. Small beans wanna, comedy on TikTok. We're just trying stuff. We're trying you know? stuff. Gonna, I got to download TikTok. We keep trying to do TikTok and I hate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's important. Adapt or die. That's correct. Yeah, you just try stuff. You know, if you don't try stuff, what are you doing? You're doing nothing. You're not trying stuff. So you might just be living your life. Ultimately, that's what Mm -hmm. we learned today. Mm -hmm. Bye bye. Yep. 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 Bye. Bye. 